Welcome back to another episode of the SSPC Podcast. I'm your host, Bree McCullough, and today's episode of the SSPC Podcast is the first episode of our newest series, a conversation with new and experienced professionals. On today's episode, we are joined by Jessica Davison, PhD candidate at the University of Southern Mississippi and participant of their Thames Rollins Research Group at the School of Polymer Science and Engineers. Jessica has been awarded the SSPC Scholarship in 2018, 2019, and 2020, and is also past student poster prize winner at the DoD Allied Nations Technical Corrosion Conference and Codings Plus. Thank you for joining us today, Jessica. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited. And today, Jessica will be leading the conversation between her and John Whalen, Director of SSPC's Technical Service Department. Thank you for joining us today as well, John. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thanks. Before we get started with the conversation, Jessica, could you tell us a little about yourself? As Bree said, um, I'm getting my PhD at the University of Southern Mississippi, where I'm currently working on a, um, uh, a codings project where I look at how to introduce hydrophilicity into different polymer types in order to promote the anti-plasticization and property management as um, coatings kind of go through cyclic exposure. And prior to University of Southern Mississippi, I went to Millican University in Decatur, Illinois, where I worked on um, polymers also, but kind of looking at the green aspect of polymers. Um, and that's originally where my, my love for polymers kind of started. Um, and I'm originally from Winnebago, Illinois, very small farming community, um, in, right on the Wisconsin, Illinois border. Um, and I went to high school there and grew up there most of my life. Um, but being in that small farming community has really got, uh, weirdly enough, where I got all of my interest in science, uh, kind of growing up on the farm and growing up uh, in a real rural community where I could kind of play in the dirt and kind of get to experience all those, those different things. So. All right. Um, that's awesome. And it really sounds like you are just setting yourself up to have an amazing career ahead of you. That's the goal. Um, that's really the goal. I did quite a few internships. Um, one of them also including being the university of Southern Mississippi back in uh, 2012, where I got the chance to work on quite a few projects um, under Dr. Rollins. And I was so in love with the program and so in love with the area that I just decided to come back for graduate school. And without that internship, I really wouldn't have known that graduate school was an option for me. So I'm really excited about that. That's amazing. Uh, with that, I'm actually going to go ahead and hand over the conversation to you. Perfect. Thank you. Um, well, I know we've already said hello and everything, John, but I'd like to say hello again and thank you for chatting with me. Um, just a little bit of how I know John. Uh, John was actually one of my poster judges at the SSBC conference last year. And I think he was one of the judges that gave me the most run for my money. 
on presenting and questions. So I want to thank you for that. <laughs> Absolutely. No, it was, it was my pleasure. I, I really enjoyed doing that um, and, and interacting with, with you and the other students. It was very enjoyable. Um, since I've given a little bit of background about myself, I was wondering if you can maybe do the same, um, kind of on the terms of maybe where you grew up, your kind of first career job, and any um, university experiences you might have had. Sure. Um, well, I grew up just outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, um, so I didn't stray far from home for my career. Um, and I did start out, well, Let's just backtrack a second. Um, for my undergraduate degree, I went to Marietta College, which was in uh, Southeast Ohio. And I majored in chemistry with uh, a full full purpose of wanting to go to medical school. But uh, as I got further into the chemistry side, I really started to enjoy that. And uh, it, it kind of took me on a different path than, than what I thought I was going in for initially. Um, after that, I did go to graduate school and earned my master's degree in science from Duquesne University in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And what was interesting about that is that um, I did my research kind of in the medical field, um, doing cancer drug research, uh, trying to develop a, a new uh, drug that, that was very similar to some of the existing um, medicine that's out there. So... Uh, the correlation between that and then getting into polymer chemistry uh, really didn't uh, didn't match up, but that's how I ended up with my uh, my career in in uh, polymer chemistry. I started at Valspar in Pittsburgh uh, in the packaging coatings division. So uh, from there, uh, I worked also at PPG in in their packaging coatings division, but also. Um, Throughout my career, had other experiences with with different polymer chemistry and uh, different coating mechanisms. Uh, interestingly enough, uh, while I was at Valspar, I did take a, uh, I think it was a four week uh, short course series at the University of Southern Mississippi back in the early '90s. Um, in, in their, uh, they they would offer a summer program for polymer synthesis and polymer chemistry. So. It's uh, interesting that, that our paths cross a little bit uh, in, in that respect. How cool. Um, who taught that? Was it Dr. Story? Oh, I, you know what? I, I couldn't remember. Uh, if, I, if I told would assume it's, he's it, taught it for since the day he's been at Southern Mississippi. So I, I would assume it's been him. Yeah, the, the name rings a bell, but it's it's been, uh, like I said, <laughs> like 25 years. So it's, it's a little foggy right now. Understandable. Um, that kind of leads me to another one of my questions then, especially since you said that you had more of um, kind of a medical interest in medical research. Um, as funny as this question may seem, but why paint? Um, especially with your decisions leading you to go to Valspar and PPG and now being a director at SSPC. Right. Uh, why paint is, is a great question. Um, Early on, what I learned about paint is that it's it's not just for walls and, and, and houses. Uh, there, there are a lot of places that uh, have paint, if you will, applied to them. Some of those paints are clear coats. Um, some of those paints are pigmented. So um, a lot of what I learned early on uh, about the, the coatings industry was in the clear coat 
uh, side, but there is just such a vast uh, uh, breadth of, of what is coated these days. I mean, you look at, at beer and beverage cans on the inside, the outside, food cans on the inside and outside, the ends alone. Um, I think at any one point, if I remember correctly, there were probably 10 to 15 different types of coatings on a single beverage can. Um, so um, it, it just intrigued me and, and made me want to learn more about it and, and continue to pursue that. Um, and, and then you look at the industrial type applications that uh, we deal with at SSPC. Um, so kind of delving into that uh, a little bit uh, prior to, to getting to SSPC. Um, again, it's just something that's always interested me because uh, there's always a need for paint somewhere. Uh, so right. I, I think I think having the polymer background that you're developing and learning, uh, it will serve you well in, in a, a whole bunch of different industries. That's that's something that I've really um, been excited to kind of learn throughout my PhD career, because at first I was kind of um, I joined Dr. Rollins group based off of our previous relationship. And I knew that we worked really well together and being an I, I mean, lack of better terms, a nerd, I was excited to work on any kind of chemistry and any kind of science. But at first I was kind of like, why, why coatings and why paint? And then I started to see how transitional coatings could be, um, especially when you kind of think about it in a broader term. Almost everything is a small painted film. It just depends on what substrate you're putting it on and what exposure you're putting it through. So there was a lot of things um, that we can uh, kind of um, work with. So I was really excited about it. And especially once I got to um, uh, kind of go to conferences and see the knowledge that I was learning and be able to apply it to other people's research, it was really interesting. So it's kind of good to know that other people still feel the same way that I do kind of going through this. Yeah, it's definitely fun. Um, uh, again, seeing where all you're able to to apply paint, uh, just for the generic term, but um, it's a lot of things that people take for granted too. Um, and, and I think uh, you you referenced it. The, the nerd in me um, it takes a whole different look at at uh, my trips to the grocery store, or my drives, uh, <laughs> different areas. You know, looking at, at bridges, looking at concrete, uh, looking at at the packaging in. In, in the supermarket or, or how the, the package is constructed. Um, you know, I, I've been, been seen actually kind of sniffing some of the, uh, the products <laughs> for, for some of the different coatings. So people kind of give me that kind of strange look. And, and now with uh, us wearing masks and everything, it's, it's even a little more disturbing, but, uh, but it does make it, uh, it interesting to, to look at the world with that kind of uh, lens uh, nowadays, you know, that other people really don't look at it. Yeah, it is. It is quite interesting. I do really like that aspect. Um, kind of moving on to the uh, next little bit, because um, we did talk a little bit um, about careers. But I know for me, whenever I kind of do interviews and um, stuff like that, my favorite question to kind of ask people is, um, what's the 
best piece of advice that you've received in your career thus far? Or if I can phrase it a little bit differently, maybe uh, what's the one thing you would tell your, or your now self would tell your younger self? That's a good question. Um, There were a couple pieces of advice as I went through my career, but I think early on uh, I was fortunate enough to have a a great manager who hired me and he was, uh, his name's Rick Williams. Uh, He really helped me a lot at at learning things, but he was also very patient. So, um, you know, the, the one thing I think that he taught me though is, is not to be afraid to fail, but don't make failure a habit. So I think that's one thing that I would tell any scientist uh, who who is going into to the industry is is we, we learn from failure, uh, but if we don't learn our lessons and then apply what we learned and continue to fail, you're going to have a short career uh, for sure. But if if you do learn from those mistakes and and build better products and better technology, uh, you're going to be just fine. And and I think you're going to have a a great and long career. Uh, I think as, as I progressed in my career, um, you know, when you're younger, you you try to put a lot of time in, uh, but, but as you you grow up a little bit, but you you kind of, um, you know, have a family or, or whatever, uh, ends up happening in your life later. I did have another, uh, supervisor, uh, tell me, um, live, work, what was it? Work to live, don't live to work. So that, that piece stuck with me as well. So, uh, again, it's kind of just saying, look, we all have jobs. We all have work that we, we need to do, but you need to, to take a break from that, uh, just to kind of recharge and, and live life, uh, outside of work as well. So, you know, because as a younger professional, uh, I think there are times when, when, all of us would tend to just get so immersed in what we were doing and, and want to spend you know, as much time as possible there. But, but there is a need to get that time away from work just to breathe and, and um, recharge and refresh your, your thought process and your ideas as well. So those are probably the two most important things that, that I've learned uh, through my career. Those are really good. I've, I, I don't know that I've ever had anybody really kind of preach those to me, but I know I take the the latter to heart because we we see so many graduate students kind of get burnt out because they're they're working almost 14 hour days. They come in every day a week and it's it's just kind of rough for them to um, kind of get everything done. And then by their third or fourth year, they just can't handle it anymore. Um so a lot of people tell them like, take a break and you come back and after that break and it's just wonderful. So, uh, it's, it's really nice that I'm really glad that you said something about that. Um, uh, you had mentioned a, uh, a mentor in your career, um, or kind of a manager kind of, but did you have other mentors possible? Um, in your career that you could maybe talk about in some of those relationships. Um, those are really fundamental. I know at least in, uh, at least in my life right now. And I was just kind of wondering how they were in yours. 
Yeah, I, I mean, definitely. Um, again, from from my uh, my graduate school advisor, uh, just kind of helping me through uh, that process um, into the work world. Uh, as I mentioned, um, my first boss uh, or first manager, uh, Rick Williams, um, really taught me a lot of of the things that that I needed to do and, and how I needed to to approach uh, projects. Uh, because go to, going into industry out of graduate school is is quite a, a big difference. Um, at graduate school, you're you're really working on a project to present your um, your findings to to a, an education board and, and write your thesis or your or dissertation and, and do your defense. Where once you get into industry, you're producing products uh, for commercial sale. And it's, it's quite a, a, a different uh, process and, and experience because in graduate school, your, your timeline is that you want to graduate um, and, and you kind of work it as you can. When you get into the real world, uh, to say, the, uh, the timelines become much shorter um, and there's a lot more at stake once you, you, uh, you do deliver on a product. So having someone to guide me through that process early in, in my career, uh, I think was very helpful and, and really to show me a lot of, of uh, what I needed to understand. Um, he, he gave me the freedom to get out to visit customer sites, which was, is very important because honestly, I think that's where you learn the most um, about what you're doing is, is how it's applied, uh, how it runs on lines, uh, how it performs, and how the, the product is tested by your customer. So um, having the freedom and, and the ability to learn all of those processes, I think, really helped me. And in developing that relationship, it was very interesting in that uh, 20 years later, uh, Rick and I um, crossed paths again, and he hired me at a company uh, called Watson Standard, which uh, now is, is, uh, was bought out by Sherwin Williams. But he hired me there uh, to become the technical director, which was my first director position. So uh, building those relationships is, is very important early on. Uh, earning you know, trust of, of that manager is very important. And uh, you know, I think you know, if you're not in the right situation, uh, don't be afraid to to change or to talk to somebody uh, within there, I think is, is some advice I, I would give you. Um, talk to someone within the organization. Maybe there's another group doing work that you're really interested in. Um, and, and that happens a lot. When, when you get into some of the, the larger corporations, there are so many different divisions. You know, you, you get in and, and you get hired to, to, um, to, to get a job and start a career. But as you go down the path, you start to see what you like, what maybe you're not crazy about, or you see what other groups in that, that uh, company are doing. So, um, you know, don't be afraid to, to make changes uh, as well and, and find the right fit for you. I think it would be another piece of, of advice that, that I would pass along. That's really good advice. I never really thought about that. Um, they kind of tell us to really consider our our professions and where we're going before we get to industry and the consider the job and your daily life 
Um, but they never really tell us to kind of think about what is going to happen after you get that first job and after you get that kind of first step in the doorway. So it's kind of nice to hear you kind of say like, it's okay to kind of challenge that a little bit and maybe understand that it's not always exactly what you thought and you can kind of move around. Um, it just always kind of seems like whenever I get my first job that it's, you know, I have to stay there for at least five years or it's not going to look, look good um, to my next employer. Um, whether it's at that same job or maybe at somewhere else within the company. Uh, There is a little bit about that, but, but at the same time, I think we're, we're at a different phase in, in, um, in the world and and in the global economy in that a lot of people, uh, make changes and, and, you know, move in, in different directions. Uh, I think when you, when you look at the different generations, you know, our, our grandparents, our parents were ones who, who got jobs and, and stuck with them and stayed with them for a long time. But when, when you look at the, the younger generations now, it seems there's more propensity for them to move around uh, a little more than, than, uh, than, than it was done in the past. So, again, I, I would say if you find something you love, stay with it. And, and, uh, and that's great. Uh, you know, to, to have a, a long lasting career is, is something we all look for. But if, if there are things that once you get into a, a position that you find, Hey, I kind of like this, but wow, I really like what that other group over there is doing or what that other division is, is doing, or hey, polymer synthesis is, is fun, but I, I really want to see where these go. And I want to get into product development. Um, you know, don't be afraid to to go after that or or experience that because I think the more more well rounded you can become, I think that's going to help you out lo- you know longer into your career and as you go further and if you aspire to get into a management role, uh, having a good background on a, a, a lot of different things uh, really aids you in the future. No, that's really I I like that. Um, that's. Like I said, it's kind of one of those things of they, in grad school, it's always kind of told, like, you just have to get your first job and then worry about everything else after that. And for me, it's kind of, well, I think my first job will be relatively, I don't want to say easy to achieve, but I'm more worried about, like, finding the career and finding the place that I am going to spend maybe, you know, at least five to 10 years at, or if that's even something I want to do, do I want to, you know, kind of make a career out of a place or do I kind of want to, you know, keep broadening my horizons. And um, so it's kind of interesting to know that it's, it's okay to do that and it's fine. Um, Nobody's going to look at me weird if I do that. No, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I've seen several resumes come across my desk uh, where, where some people are are at one job for quite a while. And then there are others who have had multiple, held multiple um, jobs in, in different positions. So again, there's no right or wrong. It's what I think you're comfortable with and what you want to do with, with your career path. Right. Because that's even how I've kind of designed my own, like my, uh, my graduate work is to have a well-rounded project because I like having the aspects of kind of starting it and seeing it through. So being able to do a little bit of that polymer synthesis 
being really hands-on in the characterization and then finally getting to that application stage and being able to apply and test it. Um, so I, I've done quite a bit of that and I, I really like that, like seeing a project through aspect. So I know that's something that I'm looking for and hopefully I'll, I'll find a career that lets me do that, but really excited about that. Well, I think you're doing a lot of the right things, uh, getting to the shows, presenting the posters, getting the exposure that that you need to, to some of the, the professionals already out there. So, uh, you know, you, you've got a good head start on that uh, in doing but, what you're already doing. Perfect. Thank you. Um, speaking of being at conferences and um, uh, events like that. I know as a graduate student, SSPC was wonderful to me, um, especially as Bree mentioned in the beginning, I've won quite a few scholarships. Um, and with those scholarships, I get the, pres- uh, the opportunity to present research and really network with people that I probably wouldn't have ever got to meet unless I come to those, uh, those conferences. But with in your career journey, what were conferences and kind of like those codings plus um, events, how do they help and assist you? And what, what kind of, how do you work them to get the most out of them? Uh, I, I think it's, it's been, um, it's kind of been a variety for me. I, I enjoy the networking aspect of it. Uh, again, like you said, meeting new people, um, talking to suppliers, vendors, potential customers. Um, but, but for me, I've kind of done quite a few different things at these conferences. Um, you know, some of the conferences, it, I, I was in the booth as the company, um, you know, kind of presenting our products. Others, I was an attendee, and, and I really like uh, going to a lot of the technical uh, talks and in, in a lot of the, uh, the papers. So, uh, you know, what I would do prior to, to getting there is scout out, you know, what are the different uh, talks that I want to go to? What are the different topics I'm interested in and kind of try and hit as many of those as I could. Um, and, and, you know, not necessarily walk the, uh, the, the exhibition floor as much. There were others that, that really the exhibition floor was, was the, uh, the, the conference uh, to a degree and, and lesser of a technical conference. Uh, so again, those, those had their, their, their own uh, advantages and, and uh, perks and again, the, the free trinkets and everything, um, those are always fun to get. But um, I, I think the, the, the other aspect, I think the, the most interesting one for me was, was being a presenter at, um, at a conference. So, you know, that, that could be a little bit stressful, uh, but, but it helps you learn how to prepare, how to, to talk to an audience, uh, how to, um, you know, kind of get everything in line so that you're, you're ready to answer questions as well. So you kind of have a, a degree of anticipating what people might ask about. So um, that, that I think was the most challenging, but also one of the most fun aspects uh, of being at a conference uh, for me was, was being able to present something that I actually had, had developed and, and ultimately uh, had uh gotten two patents on. So that was, that was really fun uh, to, to do that as well. So there, there, there's a whole 
bunch of different things that, that make conferences um, exciting for me. But again, to, to say one thing or the other is really what jumps out. I, I just, I, I like the variety that, that they, they provide in, in the different venues as well. Uh, getting to go different places is always fun, especially if it's January in Florida versus uh, <laughs> January in Pittsburgh. That was um, definitely a fun aspect uh, for me getting, I think uh, SSBC the first year I went was at Disney World and I had never been. So as a 26, 27 year old, I was a probably the biggest, smallest kid there and went on every little ride and enjoyed every little thing and also went to every single little uh, SSBC thing I could and just loving the whole aspect of it at the same time was really fun. Um, I have to agree with you on presenting. Um, it used to be something I kind of strayed away from when I was kind of young in my career. Um, but now if I don't go or if I am going to a conference and I don't present, it almost seems like a waste to me because um, I don't get that feedback on my, my, um, my research and I don't get to make some of those network skills. Um, some of the greatest breakthroughs in my research have come just from somebody kind of like yourself, just in passing saying a comment to me at a poster or during my presentation. And I was like, I never thought of that. Um, thank you. And you know, it helps me immensely in my, my own graduate career. So uh, that's, I, I've decided I always have to present at conferences now if I, if I go, if I'm given the opportunity also. Right. That, that's a great thing too, because, um, that, that never stops for you. I think as you go, you're going to be presenting to somebody at some point somewhere, uh, whether it's a customer, whether it's a, you know, the, the CEO or the, the board uh, of your company, you're always going to have to um, be ready to present. So having those skills, I think, are very important. And I think, you know, for me, having a public speaking course in my freshman year in college, it was mandatory for, for everyone coming in. And I thought, you know, this is going to be the worst class ever. I, I don't know why I have to do this. But but now, you know, hindsight being 2020 as it always is, um, I think it helped me quite a bit to to prepare, to learn how to be comfortable speaking in front of people. So that, that, that I think was, was uh, one thing that, that I carried through um, into my career. And, and now, you know, with the challenges of everything being virtual these days, it's going to be interesting to see how, how conferences go uh, moving forward, because that's a, a totally different platform to present from. Uh, I'm not sure if you've done zoom presentations or anything uh but they, they can be very challenging um and i've sat through a couple of uh, virtual conferences uh recently and people i think are still trying to to get a gauge on how to do that so if, if you haven't been through one of those i would encourage you to try and try and do something like that as well because that might be the way of the future i i have a feeling that my dissertation defense will be a a zoom meeting with my whole department. And I've seen a couple of them so far and I've been uh, privileged enough to kind of help uh, prior with a couple of them. 
and it is a very different, um, almost presentation style because we're kind of used to having, you know, at Southern Mississippi, we have a huge auditorium that fits almost a hundred people. And therefore we have a small stage set up with, uh, kind of a, I don't know how big it is, but it's at least about 20 feet wide, uh, for your presentation. So if there's something you want to point to, or if there's something you really want to draw the audience attention to, you easily can. But when you're on a screen and it's just you sitting in your room or in a conference room and you try to point to something on your screen, nobody can see you. So it's kind of hard to direct and continue attention when you're, you're giving a presentation. Um, I've also found that sometimes with, uh, giving presentations now, they also seem a little bit more relaxed because you are in a very relaxed setting. Nobody's there staring at you. It's just you talking to your computer. And, uh, that was something we had to work on also. Right. It does make it different because I, for, for me, um, I'm operating with two different screens. So I have my laptop screen and I have a, a, a second screen connected. And I'll put the the Zoom meeting on the larger screen so I could see it better. But then I have to speak into the camera and look at the laptop camera, and but also at the same time try to look at the presentation as it's on the larger screen. So I, I kind of find that uh, a little a little funny that, that my head's always turning and, and I feel like <laughs> a bobblehead. But at the same time, I see other people doing the same thing. So, so I know that they, they've got multiple screens. And I think that's that's one of the, the challenges. And then, you know, obviously the, the bandwidth that, that we all are sharing. And now that everybody's back to school, it's, it's even tougher. Yes. I know um, that's where I, I first attempted to have this interview was at the university. And I couldn't even get on the Internet even though we're only sitting at about 25 to somewhere between 25 and 50% capacity, uh, the internet is just not, not, not up to standards. So I had to go back home and be like, well, I guess I'm going to do it from my house and with all my, my lovely animals. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's, that, that's one aspect of, of, uh, the kind of work from home, um, edict that we've all been under here for a while is is our pets or our our family is around and they don't realize you're on calls and like i said when the fedex guy or the mailman goes by my my dog goes crazy or you know my my kids don't realize i'm on a call and they'll come in and and want to ask questions and uh it's just kind of a funny dynamic and and you, you see all of the the, the blooper reels on, on the internet of, of people when in zoom meetings where, where something has happened. So it's, yeah, it's making it fun, but it, yeah. it's also a challenge. Yeah. When I was, I was home back in uh, Illinois and Wisconsin for a couple weeks when I was on phone calls, my father would want to say hi to people and I would, I would kind of have to politely explain to him, these are my funders and they provide me with money for my PhD career and research. I don't think you need to say hi to them. That's, that's the Midwestern coming out in him. And it was, it was kind of hard to explain that these aren't people you always say hi to. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. That's pretty funny. So, um, let's see. 
Um, I know we, I mentioned a little bit earlier that uh, you were actually one of the judges on my poster. And as I said previously, thank you for all my tough questions. Uh, I think you have been still to this day, one of the best judges I've had. Um, I thought when you walked away that I had absolutely blown every one of your questions because they were, they were just wonderful. And I was just like, I don't know how to answer these, but I'm going to give it my best shot. Um, but I was just kind of wondering if you, from your side of it, can you talk about that experience a little bit of like how you can kind of just look at a poster and be able to (laughs) throw me a whirlwind like that? (laughs) Yeah. Um, maybe I just got lucky. I don't know that that I understood (laughs) what you were talking about. Uh, but, but, you know, I kind of come at it from a, a little different angle. Again, having been through the, the, the grad school cycle and having been through the development cycle, um, you know, I, I wanted to ask you maybe some different questions to kind of gauge uh, what what your what, what your research was about. And um, so that's kind of where, where I came from. Um, I don't know if, if there were other folks asking the, the scientific type question. And that's kind of why I went in, in that direction with, with every poster that I judged, just to kind of make sure that, you know, you, you guys have a fundamental understanding of, of what you're doing and why you're doing it. Um, and understanding those building blocks is, is important because, you know, people can put paint on things and say, hey, it works and, and yeah, it's right. But really understanding the nuts and bolts of why it works is, is always been intriguing and important uh, to me. Uh, and that's kind of why I, I, I took the line of questioning that, that I took with, with the posters. Yeah, because you really had me walk through kind of my methodology on how I apply my paint and my additives to um, substrates. And that was something that I had never really... I've only had to explain to my funders, obviously, because they, they're the ones kind of going to use it and apply through it. And I was just like, well, you spray it out. And you're like, yeah, but how? Like, what do you what do you do? And I was just like, oh, oh, I have to really explain this. And I have to think through each step that I'm going to do. And why am I going to choose kind of a, you know, a spray versus a paint method? Or I use a lot of sonication techniques. And it was, well why are you using that technique instead of just kind of blending some of your particles in? And it was, it was a really interesting aspect to it. And it was something that I think at a conference, I don't think I've ever really got asked. Um, because it, and a lot of, a lot of the reasoning there is because I, I know for a fact that the things you can do in a graduate lab on a smaller scale uh, are, are, you know, very interesting uh, techniques, but don't necessarily always apply to what happens in industry. Right. So, you know, you can, you can dissolve things and, and mix things through sonication or um, using other, you know, smaller uh, level techniques. But when you get out into, into industry, I mean, they're, they're putting these things in a huge tank and they've got, you know, mixing blades, different type of mixing blades, and then they're applying them so that they can get the, the most bang for their buck and, and get the, the material applied properly. So, you know, it was kind of helping. What I was trying to do is help you understand that, that, you know, 
when you get out there, you're going to have to think on a different scale uh, and a different type of of methodology than than what you necessarily do in a, in a graduate lab. So th- th- that was one of a tougher transition for me as well, is because you know going into the lab, you, you have smaller scale mixing tools or application tools that you use in an industrial lab or or an applications type lab that you don't necessarily have in a graduate lab and the ones that are in the industrial setting are geared more towards helping you apply materials or mix materials the way they would be done at a a larger scale Uh, so that was kind of where where i was trying to lead you is you know think of the bigger picture when when you're doing this and and hopefully that that came through and and and, uh, helped you understand that a little better Right. No, I, I've definitely thought a lot more about that. And I've even kind of applied it into some aspects of my research now, um, especially with um, maybe not looking so much specifically um, at what hydrophilicity encodings, what my specific hydrophilicity coding encodings means, but kind of generalizing it more. So it can be kind of just added in and incorporated into more industrial aspects. Um, So answering more of those why questions rather than how questions. And it was, it was a really great help. Like I said, you're, you're one of the judges that has always stuck out to me. And I was really glad that, you know, SSPC kind of brought you to my poster. No, and it was really uh, great for me to be able to, get to see the posters this year um again you know looking at your project i think there was a lot of uh, of intrigue for me to see what the hydrophilic type coatings could do because when you look at corrosion um, one of the biggest components of corrosion is water how can we manage water how can we control water exposure to surfaces I think that's a really important aspect. So I think that's kind of what drew me a, a little more towards towards your project uh, than and and had me uh, and kind of pushed me to ask you some of the more challenging questions. So I really thought it was a very relevant project uh, for, for what we were we were doing with the conference, and, and I really enjoyed talking to you about it. And, and again, I really appreciate you kind of choosing me to, to be the person you wanted to have this conversation with. Uh, it, it, it's flattering, uh, no doubt. No, it was, it was really exciting. And like I said, um, it was just, you've been a person since probably that exact moment that I, I've always said, man, I had this one judge at SSPC and he really gave me a run for my money, but you asked some wonderful questions and ever since I've just kind of, it does kind of make you step back and think when you have judges like that, or you have even like a mentor like that, that kind of challenges um, aspects of your, your research. And you kind of take those to heart and to head and say, okay, well, let me think a little bit more about this and why this is happening. And, Maybe is there something else that I can do in order to make this easier on an industry or an application? And it's it's really opened a lot of doors for me, even if it comes into terms of just 
how I present when I go to an interview of how to kind of talk to industry and uh, future employers on my project, make it not so academic, but maybe more um, industry based now that you and I have had quite a few of those conversations. Um, Great. Well, no, I, I certainly appreciate that. And, and I'm glad that that I was able to help you and, and hopefully will help you continue on uh, on your journey. Perfect. I, this was, uh, I think I'm all out of questions, except I do have one funny question um, just because I think through this whole conversation, everyone can kind of understand that I'm the dork and I'd kind of like to know your favorite pizza topping. Good one. Favorite pizza topping. Well, there, there's a variety, but I think, um, I do like mushrooms. Um, yes. <laughs> I, I do like white pizza with black olives on it. I don't know Ooh. if you've, you've ever done that. You lost uh, me black on olives black olives, onions. but. Yeah, I, see, that's, that's another one of my favorites. But my absolute go-to is uh, roasted red peppers and white onions. Ooh. On a regular pizza. That's a good one. I'm a, I'm a pretty big fan of a, a barbecue pizza with pretty much anything on it. Um, my very first job when I was 14 was working at a pizza place. Um, So I ate pizza probably four nights out of seven. Um, And after six years of doing that, I couldn't really eat pizza anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Now, did did the scientist in you uh, experiment with toppings? uh, Yes. Uh, So we made quite a few pizza. Uh, So I was the nerd. Uh, They they used to walk around saying nerd alert because (laughs) I I would look at the cheese and analyze it. And I'd be like, this cheese doesn't melt as well as that cheese. Um, and especially when we would switch brands a little bit, or if we'd switch toppings a little bit, I would notice like, oh, the water content in that is really high. It doesn't do so well on a pizza. Um, so yeah, they would, uh, a lot, my, my previous employers definitely looked at me and said nerd alert a lot. <laughs> and uh, when I said that I was going to college for chemistry, there was no shock. And when I said I was going to get my PhD, there was no shock. Um, I kind of think it was expected at that point. <laughs> well, I, I would wear the the nerd um, nerd alert, uh, <laughs> m- m- you know, um, name like a badge of honor. So uh, definitely uh, do now. It, it took me absolutely. off guard a little bit when I was younger, but now I'm like, nope, that's me. Can't fight it. It's who I am. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I'm the same way. Uh, believe me, uh, you know, like I said, when I'm in the supermarket or I'm, I'm having conversations <laughs> with my friends and I, I go on a, a tangent and, and I can tell when I lose them, <laughs> so, <laughs> which, which happens quite a bit sometimes. But um, then I try to rein myself back in and, and, and get back to, to basics and normal normalcy. Definitely understand that. <laughs> but, well... It's been a pleasure and thank you for having this wonderful conversation with me. Absolutely. I, I, I appreciate it. I enjoyed it. Uh, like I said, and uh, I, I wish you all the luck in the world in your career. And again, if there's anything that I or SSPC can do to help you along and well, I shouldn't say SSPC. Um, we don't have a new organization name yet, but <laughs> once we do, um, feel free to, to, to look me up if you need anything uh, in the future. Perfect. Will do. Thank you. Absolutely.
Thank you both so much for joining us on this special episode of the SSPC podcast. Today's discussion was great and full of just wonderful advice. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in to this episode of the podcast. As always, be sure to follow SSPC on all social media platforms at the SSPC to stay up to date with all the latest news and follow the SSPC podcast on Spotify so you never miss an episode. 